0: if the viewer could only walk away with one piece of information or one thing that they got from the video, what would that be? And that results in really interesting answers from the clients because they Mm -hmm. might be saying, we want to cover this point and this point and this point and this point. And it's like a bulleted list of six different Mm -hmm. messages. Uh, And then you ask that question and they're like, well, huh. And then they give you a nice, concise answer. And it's like, we don't need to focus on these other points Mm -hmm. as much as you might think. Hi, and welcome to Unlocked, a show about growing your business with video. I'm Dan West, owner and creative director at a local Minneapolis-based video production company called Blue Key Media, and today I'm joined with Eric Johnson uh, of you Betcha, a creative agency here in Minneapolis as well. I've collaborated with Eric on a handful of projects where uh, he's helped write scripts for us, and he has helped develop strategy for video. Uh, and we even co-directed a little fun explainer video for a local company that just won a pin at our AdFed show here. Congrats <laughs> yeah, you too. on that. Um, but welcome to the show, Eric. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Give, uh, give us a little bit of an introduction, uh, who you are, and uh, what you bet you is. Sure. So I would say I kind of started
1: my path into video and video marketing the, the way I imagine is stereotypical. Like I went to not film school, but I went into like a film program at a school. And all I wanted to do is make like little narrative short films. I'm sure I thought I was going to be the next big Hollywood director. We all did. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And then backhanded, like slipped into marketing after school. Um, actually ended up like in the social media world for a little bit. So kind of departing from like video. But I got to work on some really great accounts like um, Hy-Vee and Honeywell. And I got some really fun experience. And I feel like still like crafting messaging and it, it gave me some like interesting background and yeah. And then I, I got into you betcha. Um, cause of course, like, again, maybe somewhat ignorantly, I was like, I think I can still offer a pretty new spin on the way people are doing video and brand video. And I feel like, uh, in some ways, like we accomplished what I set out to do. And in some ways, of course, I realized like, okay, there is some sense to like the way things work right now. And But yeah, we've had a lot of fun. We do a lot of explainer videos and um, a lot of like comedic advertising. But on the other hand, we do a lot of the interviews and the more, um, I don't want to call it standard, but the
0: more corporate types of videos as well. Yeah, definitely. Today, we're going to talk about strategy and distribution. When we work together, usually it's because I need some help on strategy and scripting. uh, And you just bring a, a great perspective uh, to that, so tell me a little bit about crafting a strategy, and and how having a strong strategy when you go to create video is essential to to having an effective video.
1: Yeah, I would say first of all, if you have any strategy at all, you're already ahead of like half of your competition um, because people like there's something about video where it's just the cool thing to have. I'm sure you've seen that with a lot of your clients, like. Your competitor just put one out that's really cool. So now it's your turn to like one up them, or, you know, it just feels like video should play a part in the strategy. But the people who come and have that stuff together from the beginning, because most people obviously, like, once your video is in production, you're probably starting to figure out your strategy. But the people who come with a strategy that can kind of be built upon, I feel like are the ones who do really well. And the reason it's so essential is because, like, video is not just video. Like, uh, every platform that you're going to put video on, it's different. It's completely different kinds of video that make sense. You have to know what your goal is. Like, videos that, like, everyone thinks of, like, the viral video, like, the videos – that are meant to, like, raise awareness like that are so different than the ones that, like, close deals that might not be as glamorous but might, you know, in terms of, like, dollars generated are probably going to be way more effective. So, yeah, having a video strategy in place, it it has to come from the beginning, first of all. And, yeah, it really informs, like, the video you produce, is it going to be the kind of video that works in a Facebook ad? Uh, we really don't know until we, like... If if our strategy is we really don't know until we see it, then it's like the video may or may not like fulfill the goals that you had in the first place for
0: it. So it's it has to you have to start with strategy, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. I, I view strategy as the foundation that holds everything else up, yeah. just like a house. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that at Blue Key is mm-hmm. we have a triangle that says, you know, there's three components that make up effective video: strategy, production, distribution. And strategy really is that foundation that really defines what's the purpose, how is the video going to resonate with the right audience to accomplish what we're going after? And then obviously you need strong production to have it be engaging and mm-hmm. interesting and appealing. But then the distribution side we'll talk about more is how do you get it in front of the right people? Because mm-hmm. We've created some very nice videos before and handed it off to the client and then asked them later, like, oh, how'd you use it? And they said, just on the website. Yeah. And I was a little dejected because I'm yeah. like, really? No, no like, kidding. That's why it wasn't as effective as you know, we thought it could be. But oh, yeah. as you're starting to develop strategy, talk through the different components that you kind of map out. Yeah. Yeah, so
1: first of all, like everyone in marketing, or at least I would assume the vast majority are familiar with the marketing funnel. And that's where I usually like to start is like, hey, what's the end goal of this video? Uh, Because if this video gets a million views, is that a win? Like, is that our KPI? Or uh, are we looking at like trying to generate leads or sales or like what? what defines a success kind of has to be the starting point. Cause if we don't even know that, then it's like, how else does the strategy even make sense? Cause we have to have like a, a win. And I think, you know, most people when they imagine video, uh, if they don't have a strategy per se, they're probably thinking of it more as like all of the above as a win, like tons of views, tons of sales, uh, all of this stuff. And that's kind of how you see video advertised. Like, I'm a fan of like some of these companies out there, like the Harmon brothers. And that's, but that's kind of how they approach their advertising is like, they'll hit you with like a hundred million views generated and tens of thousands or millions in sales. And like, I I get it because it can happen and it certainly is one way to go about it. But I think that kind of misdirects the average person to think every successful video is viral or super heavily viewed. and. The reality is, especially in like business to business or some of these, you know, industries, like there just isn't an audience of that size that's looking for this. So you have to define like if a thousand people see the video or, you know, but what are you doing with their time? If they've granted you a minute or three minutes, you have to decide, like, what does that ideal viewer by the end of this video Which, like, that's a strategy in itself from our end is, like, how do we even get them to the end of the video, even if it is only a minute? Um, But assuming we've made it that far and we've done our jobs and we've gotten someone through a video, what are they walking away with? And I think that's where I like to start with strategy is ask some of those questions, like... What is the ideal outcome? You know, cuz my job, if no one tells me otherwise, I'm just going to try and make a video that's super engaging and leads someone to the end. That's really, you know, what I felt like my job was to an extent, but it's so much better if someone tells me why I'm doing it cuz then I can really like try and draw that line through and figure out like okay, what are the pieces I'm hitting them with along the way that a lot of times it's like maybe the person just needs to be better informed about your brand or what you do or your products. Uh, sometimes we are trying to generate a sale or, you know, all these, there's so many different ways to go about it. But yeah, I feel like it's got to start with the marketing funnel is really what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And, and then also, you know, figuring out the audience as well, like yeah, is such an important piece too, because every single person audience or segment of of their, you know, potential uh, leads could have a different perspective. And so, uh, so many times we'll work with clients and I ask them, who is your intended audience or who's Mm -hmm. like the best client you'd want to go after? And I'll get a, well, kind of everyone or, (laughs) uh, you know, and okay, we can create something like that, but it waters the message down and limits how much, we can really go in depth mm-hmm. and share that perspective mm-hmm. that is going to resonate with the right person. We mm-hmm. we did one project with um, a, a chemical company, and we we focused in really on like the farmer's voice. The product they were selling was was for farmers, um, and because we honed in on on that audience, and then made the video through the voice of of the the farmer, where we interviewed uh, testimonials from them, like. They went in, and they were able to close a really big sale mm-hmm. because of it. And they told me they were like, the company was literally repeating back lines from the video on why they needed this product. And it was because we honed in on that, that audience. And you don't get that if you're trying to hit you know, everybody at the same time. You can't yeah. really create that authentic connection that you might be able to.
1: Yeah, that is such a good point. And I've seen that play out one time and I won't name any names in the course of this, but I was once working with a it was a consumer product and it was direct to consumer. Like they had a little landing page esque website set up and their uh, kind of goal and mission for us was create some Facebook ad videos and just get people onto that landing page and, you know, make the sale from there and uh they started telling me a few of the different people that might be interested they're like you know it's really moms um it's like campers hikers people who kind of almost survivalist types uh and then the third category was like people on blood thinner medication and i was like okay how am i going to speak to these three extremely different audiences in one video and on a li- I, like going out on a limb, I proposed this kind of wacky idea, like what if we just split up your video budget between three videos and like they're all going to be really low budget at this point, but what if we just like get them out there and like you can target it to like the exact audience and it worked so, so well, like that was probably one of the best like case studies I can point to now is. Uh, cause they had like historical costs per click on some of their old ads they were running and stuff. And we were just able to watch it just plummet. Um, That's awesome. there were, there was even like, and this is something I personally, and all my Facebook ad time have never seen is that the ads were racking up like likes, like hundreds of likes and like really? people were commenting and starting conversations. And I was like, I don't see this on ads. Usually ads are annoying and you just want them to go away. Occasionally one will come across your Facebook feed and it's just so ridiculous that you open the comment section and there's people making fun of it. But it was actually like a very supportive like conversation happening. And yeah, again, like the videos in in a sense were not the, it, it's hard for me to make it a case study because they were not essentially what I would pitch to my client. Here, make this really low budget video because that's not typically the the like, the key strategy and yet like doing that uh like you said it's almost because watering it down it trumps everything if you're like putting all the right resources into it but you're watering down the message you might as well not even do it in the first place so yeah just like segmenting those audiences and having a client who trusted us to just like Give it a shot and like see what it would look like to go after a very specific audience. That was like one of the
0: best case studies I still point to today. So. Well, and, and like even the, the the fact, I think it was a good point you made. Um, you don't need a a big budget to get yeah. great results with video if you really know the audience and focus on that strategy of how are we going to resonate with the viewers mm-hmm. that are are watching it to make this as impactful as possible, um, it, it trumps production. Not to say production doesn't play a, a, a large part in, right. in that engagement component, but you can do so much with very low production value, mm-hmm. but really great strategy and distribution, because it sounded mm-hmm. like you did have some sort of advertising plan and paid spend and all mm-hmm. that. So, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's a really great point, too, because like production as well. Like I used to be even, I would say a little too heavy on this, I used to be like, production's like almost like the lowest on the, I've completely changed my tune on this. But for a while I was kind of saying like, put all of your resources into creative and just whatever's left, send it to production and like make something. I've changed my tune because like, what was motivating that is you you do see a lot of, especially I think paid ads are the number one place you see this you see like lower production stuff that seems to be working really well. And your first thought is like, well, if they're succeeding and not spending on production, maybe that's how we should go as well. What I think people fail to realize is most of these low production ads, there's probably some serious production masterminds behind it who like, that's the look they're creating. Cause you still see like, especially in the edits are always the giveaway. like if something's really like tightly edited and it's like compelling, even if the camera is kind of like lower quality, there still is some serious production expertise behind that. So I don't necessarily hold that view anymore of like, oh, production is just whatever. It still is so important, like you said. But yeah, I I still do come up with it like the same mindset you do. Like it's gotta be creative first and then that that yeah. informs production.
0: Right, and to that point, I think it it goes back to the strategy, right? Because sometimes the strategy is to have maybe something that isn't as polished. You know, there might be sometimes it might be the the case where you just don't have the budget. Okay, sure. Yeah. But also sometimes your strategy reveals like, hey, we're not going for this super polished look. Maybe this type of content is best suited to feel a little bit more DIY um, or f- make it feel more user generated because. That's gonna feel more trustworthy than mm-hmm. like this brand kind of, you know, creating this. I, I don't want to say false image, but contrived right. image right. through this video. Um, so I I think it just goes back to that idea of strategy. Figure out who the audience is, like you said, where it fits in the the sales funnel, mm-hmm. um, and the purpose of it, and then let's start thinking about. About the production and what needs to be influenced there, because an awareness video for a B2B company, um, where it's the first time that somebody is seeing their brand, you probably want to have a professional-looking video that portrays Agreed. a really nice brand image, because um, that is probably the most important thing for for many B2B B2B companies. And and another. I think element with messaging and all of that, and you're kind of talking about it too of what does the viewer walk away with at the end of the sixty seconds or two minutes mm-hmm. or whatever the length is um, and I attribute this to Umalt for for giving me this little question I always ask clients, but like if the viewer could only walk away with one piece of information or one thing that they got from the video, what would that be and that results in really interesting answers from the clients because Mm -hmm. they might be saying, we want to cover this point and this point and this point and this point. And it's like a bolded list of six different (laughs) messages. Uh, And then you ask that question and they're like, well, huh. And then they give you a nice, concise answer. And it's like, we don't need to focus on these other points Mm -hmm. as much as you might think. Oh, yeah. And it distills the message and it makes it simpler because when you have 60 seconds or 90 seconds, Again, the more time you can dedicate to one message versus seven messages, the more impactful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and And how do you kind of work with companies to figure out their messaging? and um, you know, you helped us with uh, one of our clients leading some strategy sessions and uh, helping us develop a, a strategy for that for that project. Talk, talk to me a little bit about that process or, or maybe your ideal process you go yeah. with, go through with. And
1: clients. I think that uh, client that you're referring to uh, that we collaborated on, I think, is one of my all-time like ideal examples of how that process goes. And I think I, I like it because the process we kind of workshopped out together was a lot of listening, which your first reaction when it comes to strategy and people paying you for strategy is like, what expertise and like mastermind vision am I gonna bring to the table? But we did like hours and hours of listening and we asked questions. We had big groups of people in these uh, like Zoom meetings um, and we just listened to their answers mostly. I mean, we obviously there's like the crafting of the questions and like, what are we gonna ask that leads people in the right direction? but. What we were listening for, I think, was to determine what what is the message that like exists today, and how have you done this in the past? And like, because coming in from a vendor perspective, you're always you have like this outside uh, approach, which I think is like having this outsider perspective is like valuable because these people are so ingrained in it that sometimes they get lost in like the taglines and the different things that they've been told to kind of represent. Uh, and you don't always get the authenticity anymore because it's like everyone knows what they're supposed to say and from the outside it's like pretty easy to identify that I would say and yet like you're still on the outside so you have to respect your clients are people who uh, they know the brand way better than you do or ever probably will unless this is like a years-long relationship so like they probably have more of those insights at least from the beginning that you do and then to me it almost felt like especially in this case our job was to organize all of that like we just collected it and have they done the work of like putting it into a 90 second script no not at all and yet you're collecting like hours worth of different bits and like dialogues on the brand sometimes people are disagreeing sometimes there's like multiple people who hit on the same thing in different meetings and you realize okay this is a common thread so Don't get me wrong, once you get through those meetings, like, it's barely even begun because now you're sifting through to find the common threads and it's not as easy as it might sound. And there's, like I said, there's disagreeing, like, directly contrasting things. But it starts with listening, at least, right? So, like, I think that was what was huge, and especially that client um, and some of my following ones, I kind of adapted to that approach as well.
0: Yeah, and I I thought it was so interesting when when we were working on the animated explainer video, you got conflicting views from people who are actually on the front lines yeah. working with this technology and then the executives. And I thought that was revealing too, just like what a deep dive can do when you yeah. start talking with people all throughout the company mm-hmm. and the value that that, that can be for, for clients, having an outside person go in and probe throughout their company and mm-hmm. ask those questions because, you know, they might be a little bit more forthcoming with mm-hmm. someone who isn't their boss or yeah. executive over them. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that led to interesting insight as, yeah. as we went through that process. And I
1: think it's good on the client and good on your team as well in that case for being in there asking those questions. But yeah, good on the client for like being open enough and willing enough to let you like Maybe start even collecting some of the opinions they nece- wouldn't necessarily want represented, but I think like for those who like might be a little more nervous with that, like well, this person's not necessarily cut out to be a spokesperson for us. they work here, but they're not in marketing or they're not in executive level. That perspective is still like you said it's so so valuable because you're getting the authentic side, and you have to remember like ultimately your video company. Is out for the same goal you are, like we want to represent you well, right. so we're not going to take the negative and package that into something you don't want, right. so it's really it is in your best interest to still you know even if it's like seems a little weird, it still is in your best interest to get those diverse perspectives, I think,
0: yeah, yeah, and another thing that was just interesting through the process, which I think people can do to get greater insight into message. Uh, messaging that resonates with everyday people, because there's many times a lot of companies have very well-crafted taglines or mottos that might, like, to the just average person, be a little confusing or not feel approachable. And so, when we were talking with them, and uh, some people gave like analogies of you know, this was a me- mechanical contractor, and so they gave the analogy of. The mechanical systems are like the heart and the lungs of a building, um, and what they do is they help basically make sure that those are operating efficiently, so that you know the building is is staying healthy. Um, and the systems they install are like the arteries that kind of go throughout the building, bringing water or cool air or whatever that is. So, like when they shared that with us, I thought that was such an interesting. Perspective that we ran with some creative on, um, and ultimately, like it, we didn't quite take the video in that direction. But um, I thought that that just was really valuable insight to make it more layman's term and and come up with some fun ideas too out of these analogies that you can just think of. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think the reason it worked so well is like you and I are on the outside of mechanical contracting. And that's how they made it make sense to us, and I think that was huge, because it's like, if it works for me and I'm understanding it better now, uh, then it's probably going to work for everyone. So instead of like the reverse, where it's like I'm taking this and coming up with some kind of marketing speak, and it probably would have felt inauthentic, but they were able to turn the table so well and like give it to us, and all we have to do is use it. So yeah, yeah.
0: So we've talked a lot about <laughs> strategy, developing messages. Um, well, I guess one more question I have is what are some common pitfalls that you see as you're developing messaging or strategy with with clients?
1: I think you already touched on the biggest one, which is trying to get too many different thoughts across in one video. And I think the scary thing about video is the cost. Like it it's expensive to do it right. So when you're doing your one big video and you're putting your, you know, a lot of your marketing budget into it, it just makes sense to be like, okay, let's cover the seven or eight points that we need to get across in video because no one wants to think about investing in that video seven or eight times, but it, it's just so much more effective to get one out. And the reality is it's all about the hook. Like if you can hook someone and get their attention with video, as long as you've got a supporting uh like artillery of marketing tools at your disposal and other directions you can bring that person uh after the video one thing is still plenty to get across you just need to get the hook so yeah i if i could like change anything uh i would love to be able to just convince all clients to like pick their one hallmark and i think a great strategy is like the question you always ask but yeah picking that one thing even if you're getting other points in there when you can, but having the the attitude of, like, if there's room for it, if it's like, continues us down the same. The thing about, like, these short-form content is you've got to be pulling one thread, and it's got to go all the way through. The viewer has to be able to trace it through. Yeah. And I think that's underestimated. Like, a lot of people, especially, like, uh, we'll want like jokes or different like you know if it's humor or maybe it's like just something cool that they want to be able to see featured, but it's gotta like follow that thread always. Even the jokes that you see in commercials are like they're pulling, they're sending something through, and I think that's what I always try and keep in mind in the scripting process and the strategy is like everything's gotta be like. uh, the script is actually perfect just from top to bottom it should tell one story so I think that would
0: be the big thing in my mind yeah that's that's really great insight and how can tell us a little bit more about distribution how you think about distribution and and how you introduce distribution or that conversation of how are we going to show this to viewers in the beginning of the video production process when you're thinking through strategy Mm because usually It's an afterthought and the video has been created and then you think, "Okay, how are we going to use this again, which is the complete like wrong way of going about it. So tell me, tell me how do you think through distribution and, um, and and how do you work with your clients on? that? Yeah.
1: You know, I think not many video companies are equipped well to like run or manage paid ads. I think most of us just don't want to because it's a completely different thing And yet I wish there was more uh, togetherness with the paid ad agency that you're using or your internal people with the video team because almost all cases where I'm brought in as a video company, we're there to produce the creative and it eventually will get handed off to someone who's like a paid ad or just, you know, let's remove paid ads, but just whoever's in charge of distribution is someone completely different. And I never talk to these people. I never talk to these people. (laughs) I wish that I did because there's like we all we have a common interest and sometimes I'll hear feedback after the fact from these people like, oh, it really should have been this or that. And I'm like, maybe I agree, but it's too late. Or maybe I disagree, but we don't have any like we're talking through a client. And I'm not necessarily saying you have to like pair up your paid ad agency with your video company, but I wish video companies would come into the conversation a little more than we actually often do. And I feel like that's where we have the biggest success is if a client it comes to us early enough in their process to say, maybe it's like, hey, what are your thoughts on distribution based on our goals and everything we put together? I'd love to be asked that question more. The other side of it is even if you've already determined like where your distribution is going to be, at least tell me and like, give me some insights on what your goals are, not just from the high level, but within like that, like within Facebook ads, or if you are just putting it on your website, like, well, why? Like, tell me why. So um, I wish that's kind of how things went differently because the times that I have been involved, uh, at least speaking with the person who's running the ads or having the insights of what their mindset is it works the best because it's like uh, I think sometimes even on the paid ad agency or like the person side of things they get a little siloed about thinking about their targeting and all the stuff they're doing in their world and video we're really siloed in our world we're thinking about the creative but like they go completely together and a. A fantastic like targeted ad is not going to work with bad creative, and completely vice versa. Like the best creative is not going to work with poorly targeted uh, ads and poorly developed ads. So, yeah, I guess like I don't know if I have like the end answer, but there's got to be more cohesiveness. There has to be more communication lines open, so that we
0: can distribu- distribute distribute uh, videos that actually get the results. Right, and I think it's important to bring that in as we talk about audience. Because ultimately, when you are doing paid ads or thinking about how how you distribute the video, usually it's like, okay, who is the person we're going after? So making sure you have that conversation of who is the audience, who is the one person out of maybe the three personas that a company might have or that we go after. And then when you're at that stage, start thinking about, okay, well then, how do we best reach them? If this is someone who spends a lot of time on social media, mm-hmm. what platforms? First of all, oh, okay, maybe it's Instagram. Um, all right, well, let's maybe then create a square version of mm-hmm. the video that's optimized for Instagram and mm-hmm. has, you know, your captions on it, so that as they're scrolling, they don't have to turn their sound on when they're at work or mm-hmm. on the toilet taking a break yeah. uh, and looking through their stuff. <laughs> but you know, bringing that conversation in when you think about audience, it feels natural from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, in my mind. I don't know if you have any other thoughts on on that or if that's usually when you bring bring up the conversation of distribution. Yeah.
1: I guess all that I would add is like to along the same lines you were saying is that every single platform has best practices. And I, I do think people are thinking about it uh, as an afterthought of like, oh, how do I format this? Uh, and that's one thing but also like what kind of content are people engaging with on that platform changes vastly. Like the new kid on the block, TikTok is like, it's a world of a difference from a Facebook ad. Like if you're trying to use the same video from a Facebook ad onto TikTok, like I just, there's probably circumstances where it does work, honestly, but I, it's going to be less common because there are so many differences and the format is only like the start because the actual creative that gets people engaged is so, so different. So that's be, that would be my one word of caution is like uh, definitely, and this is it comes again back to communication is like you have to communicate that from the front. Like if you're going to post on TikTok ads, Facebook ads, like let us know. And maybe hopefully a a qualified company will be able to give you that on the front end to kind of, give any words of caution or redirection that will make it work everywhere. Because it it can be done. It's just, it has to be a very mindful process. And it can't just be after the fact, like, hey, I also need this in vertical format. Because,
0: I mean, it's just, it happens a lot that way. Yeah, we've had that a couple times. And then it's like, well, we'll put it in vertical, but we we didn't shoot it with that in mind. Exactly. And it just looks odd because, I mean, you lose two-thirds of the image. So if you've got a wide shot, Uh, and you need to see the whole thing. Well, that doesn't quite work. Mm -hmm. Um, As much as possible, being platform native
1: is huge. Like if I can create an Instagram ad for Instagram, I feel like it's going to work better. If I can create a TikTok ad for TikTok, I feel like it's better. A website video for the website. Like that's my ideal world. The reality is like Like we talked about before, video is expensive. You have limited budgets. Uh, Even big budgets are like surprisingly limited once you get into it. And I just, I understand that it's not gonna happen, but there are things that you can do to almost, you know, different edits and different styles that you can kind of push the, not the facade, but almost the facade of like, it is somewhat platform native. And I think, um, it, again, it has to come in from the for the forefront. You can't come in with it on the back end. You can't, you can't force a Facebook ad to become something it's not. But if you can shoot the video, uh, from the beginning with the intention of using it cross platform, I think you're going to do a lot better, uh, at least assuming, you know, you're working with someone who understands the different platforms. So that's always the first thing I say. The other thing I say is like, uh, you're you know, your ad budget or whatever your distribution strategy is, the effort that goes into that should at least match the video production effort. Because if you're going to spend, let's say, like $50,000 on production of a video and you're just going to put it on a web page somewhere, man, I, unless it's like a highly trafficked web page, like highly trafficked uh, or like very targeted traffic to the other side of things, I don't know, like that, that's hard for me to wrap my head around sometimes and it's uncomfortable being on the video side, being like, is there gonna be an ROI? And it's somewhat out of my hands. I still wanna do my best possible work because this is what, you know, I, I believe in like the message we're communicating and the importance of it. But yeah, how do you go from like, I, I don't know, it's just hard for me to like wrap my head around some of the ways videos end up being distributed is like, it feels a little wasteful. So I would just say, like, uh, especially when you're setting aside, it probably starts way before you ever call a video company. What budget are you setting aside to actually distribute that video? And hopefully you have some answers by the time you're starting to put the feelers out for a production partner because it's so important. And, again, I I talked about it a little bit earlier when I was talking about the paid ad people. And uh, if it is that kind of scenario yeah, there should be like a lot of conversation from both ends to determine what, what's effective in your world. Uh, and it's different answers, but coming together with something. And even if it's a completely organic strategy, like even just knowing that from like upfront, everyone's aware, probably right sizes your investment a little bit. Because I think even the production company is going to come in with a good perspective of, Okay, uh, if this is gonna live for six hours on one of your social media channels or buried on a back page of your website somewhere, what video actually needs to be sitting in that spot? So I think it's helpful to yeah. come with that approach.
0: Yeah, that's great. And and another one, other thing, at like on the distribution side, maybe there isn't social, uh, paid right. ads, things like that, because at the end of the day, some B two B companies, their audience isn't necessarily on Instagram or Mm -hmm. TikTok. Um, And so how do you, I mean, do you have any other like ideas or tips on where can people, for example, someone who might be in the industrial industry, that it is very B2B, like, how can people be using uh, a video in creative ways beyond just on their website Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, Posting it on their LinkedIn page or something like that. Like, is there anything that that you've done that has been effective or that has been interesting?
1: You know what was really interesting, and this is definitely something that applies to the B two B world exclusively. I would say, is uh, it was actually a client we collaborated on. Uh, I remember them saying one of the big things they're planning to do with the video was their CEO was just going to email it out to his personal connections, like one to one. And that, I mean, like, does that sound scalable? Like, no, not really. But these clients are like, I can't really speak to the specifics of the company, but they're massive, massive clients. So if he converts one, he's paid for the video probably not just 10 times, but a hundred times over. And, that that was like a real perspective change for me because, yeah, I'm used to these like quick hits on social media and like getting the thousands and thousands of hundreds of thousands of reach on things. But it, that was probably one of the more creative ways, actually, that I've heard a video being used is like, hey, we need to be able to for him to be able to explain to his colleagues who are all executive level um, B2B people like, what this new thing we have is and how it works and people are coming to him he you know he's speaking with these people They're his friends or colleagues whatever he's talking to them about this they don't know what he's talking about uh they don't know what it is even though it's been out for his company for a while because they're probably not reading his materials and the video is like the most concise way to just give it to them and let them digest it. in, I think the video is sixty seconds, maybe ninety. Yeah. If if you even know which one I'm they, talking yeah, about. Yeah, they,
0: they actually. I mean, I think they got nine hundred leads from the email blast that they did within two weeks, which is just wild. Yeah. And
1: yeah, I I think email, like what I was talking about, like the one to one stuff, probably depends on what your product is and some of these high like, uh, value leads and stuff. But in any case, whether it's a small or large investment, um, there is a lot to be said for email just in general. I think me personally as a consumer, when I open an email, the headline, it's all the same practices that make for good email marketing. You have to be hooked and you have to like, have a reason to click the video. It's not just gonna pop in and you watch it. But I will say like, I find myself clicking into more emails with video, it is, it is a powerful tool. And again, there's a whole like series of best practices that apply just to email and email marketers can speak to it better than I can. And yet there are a lot of things you can do from the video end of things to say like, uh, what, what makes a person click on a video in an email? And yeah, especially for B2B is so powerful.
0: Yeah, especially on the B2B side. It feels like it's easier when you're doing paid social ads to attribute views uh, or or click-throughs from those views to some sort of a sale uh, because usually you can have some sort of a pixel tracking that. Um, But when you're not doing paid ads that have click-through rates or or click-through options, making sure you know how you're going to track the result on the distribution side, like... An email campaign where you can literally track the every time they or what the open rate is, um, if they click through uh, to, you know, watch the video or go to the landing page. Uh, so if it's on a website, how do you put it on a platform that you can see? Okay. Was the person that just reached out to us in our contact form someone who watched the video? Well, there's tools for that and a lot of people mm-hmm. don't explore that. Or if you're at a trade show and you have the video, let's incorporate a QR code uh, and customize the video for that use so that you can track it. Mm-hmm. Or other things like that because otherwise, I mean, I just hear all the time, oh yeah, we think it did well, Yeah. Um, yeah. but it's hard to quantify. And it's like, well, yeah. it's not that hard if you just Think about where you're going to use it, and and get a little bit more strategic on the pathway of once they see it, what do we want them to do, and mm-hmm. how can we capture that data? Because then, I mean, you've got a great argument for did the video work? Was it worthwhile or not? Um, but I don't know if you have any other thoughts on on tracking video or on the distribution side.
1: Yeah, no, that's a really great point, and I think. Uh, yeah, even just beyond video in general, um, there's probably just a lot for most companies, especially in the B2B world, that's still to be done on the attribution side of things. And like you said, the tools are out there. In some cases, they're, they might seem intimidating or complex. In other cases, they're really simple and just not being utilized. But yeah, it, th- we do hear that a lot, too, like... Yeah, we think it did. It seems like people are. I've heard some good comments about it. That's usually what we come across. But yeah, like, and especially when it's like the trade show video or something along those lines, because you know, there's a lot there that's like, yeah, people seem to be enticed or you know whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, there are ways that you can uh, definitely quantify that. And I I don't have much to add other than to say like I think like people would be surprised how easy some of that stuff is to implement and how far it goes to be able to right-size your video investment. Like, I think, I'm convinced there's companies out there that are way underspending in video. There's some that are definitely overspending, don't get me wrong, but I think there's some that could really see benefit from increasing their budget that goes into video.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, Eric, thanks so much for your insight and joining us on the show today and talking about strategy, distribution. Uh, if people want to find you, where can they find you?
1: That's a good question. So uh, my, uh, all of my company handles are at Co. So that's probably the first place to look. I don't really put any time into my personal <laughs> social media anymore. So that's the place to find me. Sounds
0: good. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks so much again for sharing your knowledge uh, and take care. Thanks for having me.